morning and welcome to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome to be the beginning of this brand new series. We're closing out 2019, just about ready to get into 2020. And so 2020 is everywhere. And God's been putting some of these thoughts and ideas on my hearts for a while. We're going to be jumping into what's being called 2020 vision. How many of you have 2020 vision? How many of you wish you had anything close to 2020 vision? You know, 2020 tends to deal with the eyesight. 2020 tends to be kind of that standard, that, that good eyesight where you're, you're not nearsighted, you're not farsighted, you can, you can see what's needed. And so many times, uh, if you've got glasses or contacts, your number is not quite 2020. You, uh, maybe you, your number's a little less, your number's a little higher. And so when it comes to vision and eyesight, uh, many times 2020 is kind of that, that clear vision, that clear eyesight, being able to see things clearly. Well, 2020 certainly is the year of 2020. And so beginning this series, this, uh, this might be an incredibly pivotal series as I share my heart as we hear what God has in store for us individually and for a church and a congregation. One of the very familiar verses about vision that's used a lot is from Proverbs. It's Proverbs 29:18. It says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish, the people cast off restraint." In other words, there's not discipline, things are not taking place. It points to the importance of a vision. What is that vision? What is that, that overarching principle, guidance, direction? And so this morning, as we begin that series, I want to speak to that a little bit. But first of all, I want to I check your vision. I want to check your eyesight. So some of you that raise your hands, you said you got the 2020 vision. I, I want to see what kind of vision or eyesight you've got. So let me see. How many of you can see that? You can see that. Brooklyn, what do you see? A circle. Okay, she says circle. What else do you see? Dot. Okay, so let's, let's take a quick vote. How many of you see a circle? How many of you see a dot? How many of you, based on your eyesight, it's a speck? How many of you, based on your eyesight, you say what? I don't see anything. Okay. See, when it comes to vision, sometimes we're able to see and see clearly whether that's the dot, whether that's the circle. In fact, some might be maybe a little bit more like Ramona and see the big picture. Many times we're focused on the dot. We're focused on the circle. We're focused on the speck. And yet, what do we see around it? We see four, five, six feet of chalkboard just waiting to be filled in. I mean, that's a nice, clean, fresh chalkboard. And all it has is one speck, one dot, one circle. But if you take a look at everything that's around it, there's so much more that could be in store on that chalkboard. True? And so, in a sense, I, I think that's a little bit of maybe where we are right about now. 
Are there some things that we can see? Are there some things in our own life or in our own family or for our church life or ministry that we can see? For some people say, well, yeah, I, I see a little speck. I see a dot. Yeah, I see a circle. Some say, well, I don't really see much of anything. All these different things as to that little dot. But this morning as we kick off this series, I want to challenge us, not just with the dot or the speck or the circle, but with all of that space around it. I believe there is so much more in store that God has for us individually, that God has for our families, and that God has for our church. Because many times we've got a little bit of a limited vision. Sometimes we can limit God in our vision. What did Jesus say about faith in a mustard seed? Is a mustard seed a, a gigantic acorn? Not that acorn's big, but compared to a mustard seed, it's, a, it's, it's mammoth. It's, it's huge. I mean, mustard seed's the speck. It's, it's almost like the little grain. What did Jesus say? If you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this what? Say to this mountain, be removed, to be removed and thrown into the sea. So something so tiny can be so powerful. Yet sometimes if we're not careful, we struggle with not moving the mountain, but moving the speck. We have maybe limited vision in what either God's able to do or what we're able to do for him. So the challenge is, again, we begin this series, I want to encourage and challenge each one of us not to limit God, be ready for what God has in store, but I want to invite us to have a big picture perspective, more than just the dot, speck, or a circle. Let's take a look at all of the space around that could be and needs to be filled in. It needs to be filled in. Here's a, a number of definitions of vision. You, know, you begin thinking about vision and, and kicking off a series of vision. Here's what a couple of other individuals have described vision as. Vision is foresight with insight focused on hindsight. Interesting. Another person said this, vision is looking at things from God's perspective and seeing the invisible. Another interesting thought. And a third one says, vision is the ability to see the opportunities within our current circumstances. Whatever those current circumstances might be, it's the ability to see opportunity even in the midst of them. So as we kick off this series, as we close out 2019, get ready to ring in 2020, we're going to be taking a look at vision. So let me give you kind of an, an overview of today, because today is the overview of the series. Here, here's kind of where we're going today. First of all, we're going to take an honest look at where we are. Where are we now? What, what does this little speck or circle or dot, what does that look like? Where are we right now? But then we're going to be taking a look at where are we going. 
From a broad picture, where are we going in relation to our state, the Ohio Ministry Network and the Ohio for Jesus strategic plan? Beyond that, where are we going with our part of that? We're one church among about 280 in Ohio, so certainly we can't do that entire thing ourselves, but what can we do? What has God challenged or called us to do? We're going to reveal a little bit about our slice of the pie, if you will. And then finally, right at the very end, we'll give you a little bit of an insight and a glimpse into the 2020 vision, some of the, the big picture themes or words or verbs of where we're headed and where these next number of weeks that we're going to be spending some time in God's Word exploring, 2020 vision. So first of all, let's kind of answer that question, where are we? Where are we right now? Let's take a look at some of our current circumstances. We'll, we'll go back to the where are we, that first one. If you were to take a look at descriptions or adjectives as to where we are, you might have a, a bunch of different thoughts. You might have a bunch of different uh, descriptions. I came up with a few. And we'll see, they might fit yours. They might not fit yours. But if we were to say, where are we now? We might use words like this, challenging, struggling, maybe to some degree, discouraging. Maybe as you take a look, you say, boy, are things going exactly the way we wish or hope? Are things just humming along? Maybe not. Let's, let's take a look at some further details because uh, when you, you take a look at some things, Metrics that a lot of individuals might use, whether that's attendance or finances or workers or ministries, there's challenges involved in that, right? So let's take a look at attendance. One of the things that people often look at when it comes to a church, and if we'd be honest, we'd say there are fewer people worshiping regularly today than a number of years ago. That is where we are, where we are. Now, there's a lot of different thoughts or reasons behind that. Certainly in some cases, maybe an individual or family has moved to another city and no longer attending. In some cases, there are individuals who have chosen to visit or to worship in another church. In some cases, maybe that church is closer to where they are or closer to where they live. In some cases... It comes down to the fact that maybe they find or seek another church that has more ministries than a smaller rural church is able to provide. So in some cases, people move. In some cases, uh, people choose to go to another church. In some cases, there are individuals who maybe attend less frequently or some who simply kind of drop out altogether. Maybe they're not going anywhere. Maybe, uh, maybe the busyness of life, maybe uh, sports, school, job, work, family issues, divorce, etc. All kinds of different things have caused people to maybe not continue coming. So certainly when it comes to an attendance figure, where are we? We might look and say, well, kind of challenging, kind of struggling. When you take a look from the financial end, if there are fewer people worshiping, fewer people attending, that can certainly make it challenging from the financial end as well, can't it? 
And we've been open and, and uh, just upfront with you about these last couple of years. They've been some very challenging years. So we'll kind of give you the, the highlight or the, the summary, if you would. 2018 and 2019. 2018, we, we begin and in January. We've got some extra repairs to our parking lot lights, but hey, it's the very beginning of the year. And 2018 in January is uh, a special love offering uh, that was going to go towards the Tanzania trip. I've been able to be a part of the Tanzania trip, and you'll hear a little bit more about that later. And you blessed incredibly. As I shared about the next week, I, if you were here, I was literally tearing up, hard to share, that in that offering, this body of people contributed over $3,000 towards that trip. So it was a wow moment. It was an incredible moment. While at the same time, the reality is the general fund, which is what runs the church, it didn't get much of anything. So what that tends to, to demonstrate, I don't see who, who does what or gives what, but it tends to, to look like some of what would normally go into general fund or maybe would normally go in towards missions was set aside and given in this offering, which was awesome, but we started out the year in the hole. So we had less income, plus we had some parking lot light repairs. But hey, that's just January. We're ready for February. February was the Tanzania trip. And uh, that second week, that second Sunday, we were looking to, to leave. And it was a sheet of ice. And so we canceled service. Now, the reality is, anytime you cancel a service, you don't replace the income and the finances of giving. Now, there are some that do, but you never, you never recoup what would have been in an offering. So we already started out in the hole. We already had some extra repairs. Now we missed an offering. Then here's the other reality. When people know in advance that pastor's not going to be here, there's a built-in excuse. Well, then I don't have to come. So there's a couple weeks of maybe a little bit less attendance, plus we're giving extra to some guests who are preaching. And I come back from Tanzania, pumped up, and discover our furnace went out. And you were already taking care of it, and literally a couple days after getting back from Tanzania, we've got multiple thousands of dollars going into a brand new furnace for the Fellowship Hall in the wing. So in just two months, we've had two major repairs. We've had severely lowered giving. That lowered giving trend continues March and April. And in April, if you were here with us, we had Phil Stacy for the concert, former American Idol contestant, and he was worshiping and leading, and we smelled something. It was plastic or rubber burning, and we had to shut our electrical panel off because it was catching on fire. So we replaced an entire electrical panel box, another couple thousand dollars, as giving continued to decrease. Three months later, we were blessed with the news that one of our air conditioning units had kicked the bucket. So in the first seven months of the year, four major repairs, decreased giving, shifted giving. And so we began talking and praying, and, and uh, we kind of let you know where we were. 
began teaching. That's when some of those weekly teachings about giving and stewardship, let's, let's kind of teach people what God's word says and challenge and encourage to give. And then let's start cutting. Let's get out the knife. Let's get out the sword and whack, 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 whack. Let's chop what we can chop. There's only so much you can chop. So we, we cut back on different things. And if, if you come into the, the church during the week, in the summer, it's probably going to be warm. If you come in during the winter, it's probably going to be cold. We've got a little space heater in the office, and that's just what we use to heat it up. So we, we make cuts in the things that we can. We cut back on insurance. We shift insurance. We cut back on this. We cut back on that. And then we simply go and present and say, hey, I'm a big chunk of what we've got, the biggest chunk. So here's everything I have. Chop what you want. And we chop this, and we chop this, and we chop this, and we chop this, and we chop this. So we, we chop thousands of dollars out of the budget. We encourage giving. God blesses. We had an over, over a $9,000 blessing. And in the midst of the $9,000 gift and blessing, in the midst of the thousands of dollars that were cut, we still ended 2018 about nine dollars or $10,000 in the hole. Challenging. Discouraging. But hey, 2019 was a new year, right? So we're ready for a, a new start. And, and in January, we started in the positive. And through most of the year, it was, it was that, that back and forth, right? We'd have weeks or uh, months in the positive, months in the negative. But as a whole, over the course of the year, we were still in our general fund tracking to the positive. We got to the end of September, and I think we were less than $100 to the positive. And then October, as we mentioned, had some big hitters financially, and that's when we went into the hole, into the negative, trusting and believing we would bring our way out as we continue with our cuts. November, we continued into the negative. So two months of that in a row. Then we come to you here in December, let you know where we are, where we stand, what's taking place. And as I've said and just shared with you, it sure seems like through your giving, through God's faithfulness, based on what takes place and comes in in, in the offering this morning, things look very, very positive that we will dig our way out of that. Maybe not end up with a, a whole lot to the positive in the general fund, but it does look like we will end in the positive. So certainly in the midst of that, when in these last number of years you see losses of, of individuals, some of which have passed and gone on to be with the Lord, some of which have uh, certainly had challenges and, and physical issues that have caused them to miss or to be in, in hospitals and other things. So from an attendance standpoint, challenging. From a financial standpoint, many times challenging, struggling, or discouraging. You take a look at that and then mix in with workers and those involved in ministry and ministries and events with fewer people as a whole and fewer finances coming in. That affects the ministries. That affects the events, the things that we're able to do, the things that we're maybe able to do with excellence or to do with effectiveness. So all of those things affect where we are. Now you're sitting here right now and you're saying, wow, boy, I'm glad I came to church this morning. After this, this first chunk, yes, it's challenging. 
Yes, it, it can be discouraging at points. Yes, it can be struggling at points. But that's simply the dot. That's simply the where we are now. 2020 is a fresh new start. 2020 with what I believe God wants to do in us and through us is a fresh new start. I want you to, to look with me at some big picture potential as we then take a look at where are we going. So briefly, let's take a look at where are we going in the Ohio for Jesus plan. I've, I've kind of kept you informed as I shared about the 2018 Tanzania trip. It was a few years before that. The Ohio Ministry Network had given some resources and finances to Tanzania to help build Bible schools, Bible colleges. At the beginning of 2017, the general superintendent, Dr. Barnabas Mtokambali, invited our network superintendent, John Wooten, to come and to visit to see what that gift gave and, and to see what was able to be done by building Bible colleges and Bible schools and church planning and training centers. So he, he went, took a couple of other presbyters with him, and came back, pumped up, fired up, with a glimpse and a vision of maybe what God would do in and through us in Ohio. And we began discussing in 2017, taking a trip as a leadership team, as, a, as presbytery and, and uh, as the network office and staff. And that was the, the trip I was asked to be a part of that, and you were an incredible part in helping raise the funds for that. And so we planned for that in February of 2018. And as we went, uh, just to kind of refresh your mind, there's a, a couple of things. Certainly uh, in Ohio for Jesus, it was Tanzania. We'll take a look at the next slide. That's the, that's the flag. But when we went to Tanzania, we were involved in ministry. And so certainly ministries in the churches, uh, we were teaching and preaching uh, to ministers and to leaders, uh, kind of helping encourage and teach and train them. Certainly in involved with that was some ministry to kids. Uh, there were some of the kids that were hanging around, and, and we passed them uh, every day in ministry. Uh, but in, in addition to connecting with the Tanzania individuals, we got back together as a group, and, and we were embar uh, embarking on strategy and, and prayer sessions, as well as next worship sessions, and next as well as teaching and discussing and strategy sessions. What is God saying for us in Ohio? We're seeing what God is doing in Tanzania. They were in the midst of a 10-year strategic plan. They called it Tanzania for Jesus. They had some mighty, aggressive goals. They wanted to plant 10,000 new churches, raise up 10,000 new pastors, 2 million adults, build a church planting school in each district and a Bible college in each zone. Their districts in a sense, are kind of what we might call sections. And they keep growing so fast and adding so many churches, they keep dividing the, the districts in half. And so, you know, they went from the 30-somethings to the 40-somethings. When we were there, there were some around the neighborhood of 55 or 56 districts. I think they're up to 60-some or 70-some. So there is a church planting school in each one of those. Their nation's divided into seven zones. There's a... Uh, a Bible college in each of those zones. These were some massive goals for this community and this, this nation. So we came back and continued discussions on what would that look like for Ohio? 
Now, how many of you know things are a little different in Ohio than in Tanzania? Certainly in Tanzania, they've got big cities. Dar es Salaam, I think, is a couple million people. And then they've also got the bush, where there's just literally nothing out there. So some of their church planting methods don't necessarily translate. One of the ones that they they looked at, it was basically called the, the seven goats in a bicycle plan. You would identify a pastor... Send him out to maybe this part of the bush and resource him with seven goats and a bicycle. The goats, you would have the milk and the meat. The bicycle would be your transportation. And boom, you've got a church plant, you've got a pastor, and God's going to do great things. We might need a little bit more than seven goats and a bicycle when it comes to leaders or, or pastors or planting. And so not everything uh, necessarily went hand in hand. But the principles, what were some of the structures? What were some of the, the things put in place? What was God doing? Well, what might some of that look like? So throughout 2018, we continued those discussions. 2019, they planned another trip, had uh, some other people that went to Tanzania. And then strategies were continued and finalized as to what would that look like for us. 2019, uh, as pastors and leaders and churches, opportunities to kind of dream along. The the theme this year was, you've got to be dreaming. It was presented at last year's celebration tour to kind of kick off the year and think and dream and vision what God might have for Ohio. Put everybody's dreams and visions together. And just a couple months ago at the fall celebration tour, we unveiled grand plans for the Ohio for Jesus strategic plan. Set to begin in January of 2020 to go for 10 years. And as people and leaders and pastors and churches contributed to say we're on board, we put all of those things together And I want to share with you, maybe some of you have seen, maybe a lot of you have not seen, the overall Ohio dream for the Ohio for Jesus plan. So when it comes to that in church health, the goal in church health here in Ohio is 250,000 new disciples. Individuals that are reached for Jesus Christ, trained, equipped, and disciple. To give you an idea, uh, probably right about now uh, in our churches, we have maybe around 50,000. So that's a, a pretty aggressive goal to say in the next 10 years, uh, we want to reach 250,000 additional disciples. That would bring us up to around 300,000 for the state. Knowing that spirit empowered believers will live and worship in community. Share our story of what Jesus Christ has done in our life with those in need. We want to reach and make disciples. Secondly, one of the big categories is leader development. In a leader development, the goal is 25,000 new leaders. Could be pastors, missionaries, uh, church leaders, ministry leaders, those that are involved in ministry. Again, currently... Uh, would be right around maybe 7,500. They're involved in leadership throughout all of the the various churches. So that's a a pretty aggressive goal as well. Wanting to continue growing, discerning the giftings and and potential leaders, mentoring them, and uh, continuing to give time and prayer and resources. So church health is one of our four main areas. Uh, Leader development is a second. Third is missions partnership. When it comes to supporting missionaries, sending missionaries, 
The goal is a 300% increase in missions giving and sending for our state. So in other words, when you take all of our churches in Ohio, the goal is what we are currently giving combined, that would increase three times. As well as the number of missionaries. So we, they would be called missionary units. Uh, if it's a missionary couple, then that would make two of them. If you've got a single individual, that would make one. Currently, we've got about 80 to 82 missionaries, missionary units. So a 300% increase would basically mean an additional 240 or so, bringing the total number of missionaries to about 320. When it comes to our missions giving, you take a look at what our uh, 280 churches combine. Uh, currently, it uh, would be in between 6 and $7 million given to missions for the entire state of Ohio. If that would be tripled, then a 300% increase, it's not just six to seven, but an additional 18 million. These are some massive figures to say we're desiring to reach people around the world for Jesus. And then the fourth one we call these our four drivers would be called church multiplication. As well, an aggressive goal would be to plant an additional 1,000 new churches. Let me say that again, 1,000 additional churches. Next year in 2020, the Ohio Ministry Network, we will celebrate our 75th anniversary as, as a network. So after 75 years, we currently have about 280 churches. So this is a big goal. To say across the state, we want to plant an additional 1,000, that would get us to around 1,280 churches at the end of 10 years. Knowing that as we multiply churches and have more churches and more communities, more opportunities to reach the people with the gospel. So that's the, the, the overarching figure of Ohio for Jesus. We're a part of that. Now, all of those numbers, I'm, I'm hitting you with a bunch of numbers and figures, and that seems massive, and it is. Let's break it down a little bit. When it comes to Ohio for Jesus, our part, what, what do we see? How can we fit into this? So let's, let's take a look at those four categories then. We start and take a look at church health. Our goal would be 520 new disciples. Now some of you are like, what? How in the world? <laughs> 520 seems massive, it seems crazy until you break it down like this. 10 years, 52 weeks in a year, what that basically means is we believe with God's help and your efforts and our efforts combined, individuals, the ministries of the church, the services of the church, is it outlandish to think we could reach one person in a week. One. Between all of us and all the many people that we see, our neighbors and co-workers and classmates, the ministries of our church or children, etc., that somehow through the ministries and the people of the church, we could reach one person in a week and then one person the next week. Now, it's a massive goal because that's not been happening up to this point. We've, we've seen some people that are reached for Christ. Has it been one every week for 10 years? No. But it's doable with 
God's help. There is so much space left to fill in with people who need Jesus Christ. 520 new disciples. Second, when it comes to leader development, 120 leaders. If you're quick on your feet and quick in your thoughts with math, as we broke down church health to disciples, is each week reach one. When it comes to leaders, it works out to each month train one. Now, is that doable? Yes. That in one month, there would be one person who's not involved in ministry, not involved in leadership, not trained or equipped, and we would train or equip one person in a month and then do it again next month and the next month. There's a lot of different ways to do that. But when you break it down, you first start looking at 10 years and you think, wow, how do we do this? Break it down to the week. Break it down to the month. We want to reach people, make disciples, and we want to train and equip as leaders. Thirdly, missions partnership. In ours, uh, what we talked about was a little bit different. Rather than the end of the 10 years being the 300%, we broke ours down into a 10% yearly increase. Every year a little bit more. Every year a little bit more. Every year a little bit more. Now, for some that are giving, what you're thinking is, wow, this, this simply rises on us. So if you're giving, you've got to give 10% more next year and then 10% more the next year. Certainly those that are faithfully giving could, as God leads, give more. But you know, there's a whole lot of other avenues of raising and increasing missions. Because there are some who maybe give sporadically through the year. God will maybe nudge to give on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, on a weekly or twice a month basis. There's some maybe who don't do anything towards missions. And God's going to nudge and get a hold of your heart to begin doing something. Then guess what? Remember all this blank space and all these people that we're desiring to reach little by little. As more people are reached, more people are changed by God's power and, and discipled. There are more potential people to support missions. So the goal then is 10% each year, and then hopefully a little bit more, 10% that following year, each and every year. Finally, take a look at church multiplication. Across the state, the thought is 1,000 new churches. We take a look at that number, and some of you might not know which number scares you more. 1,000 churches as a state, or perhaps the potential of us planting or partnering to plant, two. Now, that's an aggressive goal, right? Our church has been around over 70 years. To my knowledge, I don't have the history some of you do, to my knowledge, Alger Assembly of God has not planted another church. To my knowledge, we have not partnered with other churches or partnered with other groups or partnered with other uh, organizations or other churches across the state or the network in planting another church. That sounds kind of out there. Something we've never done in 70 plus years to do twice in 10 years. But there's a whole lot of space and a whole lot of people that can be reached with the gospel. So... We're believing to be a part of the Ohio for Jesus plan. We're believing to, to kind of 
oversee our slice, reach and make disciples, train and equip leaders, build and, and develop missions. As we have exposure to missionaries, who knows but that God might call and equip some to be missionaries. Raise and, and develop and increase our giving. And then plant or perhaps partner with planting churches sometime within 10 years. I know some of the thoughts. Church planting, that's just for those big churches. That's true. Big churches can plant and maybe a church of 500, a church of 1,000 can send off 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people and absorb it a lot easier. But how many churches of 1,000 are there in Ohio? To simply say, it's only up to them. Out of 280 churches, yes, there are some churches that are desiring to plant 50 or 30 or 10 or 5 churches. But there are churches of all sizes saying, we believe we can plant one. We believe we could do two with God's help. Our slice of the pie. So we take a look and we say, where are we? Things sound challenging, struggling, at times discouraging. But we take a look at what could be. We take a look at where we as a network, where we as a church are headed. Challenging still might be there. But maybe it also add things like stretching, thrilling, exciting, to be a part of seeing people reach for Christ, trained and developed for Christ, being a part of raising and developing and, and reaching more people through missions, maybe seeing God call some people into missions. And who knows but that by the grace and the power of God to plant or partner to plant churches. That's our part of the Ohio for Jesus. So finally, what is our 2020 vision? This, the Resulting thoughts won't be on the slide, so if you're taking notes, you might want to jot it down. Again, Proverbs said, where there's no vision, the people perish. Four thoughts, four words, four verbs that come to mind. These are, these are not new words. Other churches use some of these. In fact, our Assemblies of God and has resources called the Acts 2 resources, and they take these as some of the main things that the body of Christ in the book of Acts, the New Testament church, these are some of the things the church was doing. So we're going to plug into some of those themes from our national office as we prepare to partner with our Ohio ministry network in Ohio for Jesus. So four words, four verbs, four things. We'll spend these next number of Sundays taking them one at a time. 2020 vision for Alger Assembly of God is to connect, grow, serve, and go. Connect, grow, serve, and go. In a sense, it's a little bit of a circular process. It's, it's not necessarily just a line where we say we move forward, and once we hit go, then we're done and we stop. Envision it more like the circle. So the, the connect portion, just to give you the overview, would be the, the reaching people, connecting with people, 
sharing the gospel with people to connect them to God and connect them to one another and us connecting to one another. That's the, the reaching and the connecting. But we don't just want to reach people. We want to then train and equip, so let's call that grow. We want to grow in Christ. There's a lot of different ways that we can grow. So as we reach people by, by connecting, we grow. Then the goal is to serve. Get involved in, in using gifts and talents and abilities for the Lord. Get plugged into the church to serve others. And then as we serve, we go. And there's a big missions component to that. Whether that's going by supporting missionaries to do it or going ourselves by going to neighbors and going across the street or going to coworkers, etc. And as we go, we share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we go, God gives opportunity then to connect with them. Connect them to the Lord. Connect them one to another. Who then have that opportunity to grow in Christ, begin to serve Christ, and they themselves are able to go. Reach people so they're connecting them to Christ. So it is a circular thought, a circular process. But there's a big difference between where we are and where we're going. Very honestly, the vision of the last couple of years could probably be a picture Someone out in the ocean, bobbing up and down, trying to keep the head above water. In a sense, that's kind of where we've been as a church. It's been a challenge, sometimes discouraging. But we're gone, we're done, we're finished, we're completed with the bouncing up and down, head above water. I believe God has got more in store. God has got more in store for our own lives, for our own families, and for us as a church. So I believe as we seek to connect with individuals, begin to grow and develop individuals, to get involved in service to the Lord, and go and, and reproduce and make more disciples, God's going to use that. These next number of weeks, we're going to kind of unpack what does connect mean? What does grow mean? What does serve mean? What does go mean? So we're going to kind of start out this year in vision. It's, it's kind of where we are, but where are we going in God? <music> 